Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, Every Black Film Ever Made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I am joined, as always, by my partner. Hey, what's up? Holler at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And tonight, we will spend some time critiquing D. Rez's debut film, the indie classic Pariah from 2011. But before we get into all of that and get into any news or business that we have to conduct, I I would like to take a moment. As many of you know, we did not have a show for the past two weeks because of the passing of my father. And I just want to take a moment to thank everyone, every, every, everyone who reached out with well wishes and cards and 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 warm thoughts to me and my family um it, it it was humbling it really was it was humbling and it was beautiful and i appreciate all of it i'd, I'd like to spend send special thanks and i already thanked him uh my brother lynn webb checking on me sent a beautiful basket over Sent a beautiful basket over. It was it was real classy too. It was a basket. It was a real classy <laughs> basket. And not to be outdone, our, our our friends and family at Podglomerate sent a beautiful basket. And and it really it, it it really did make me feel good about the friendships and and the relationships that this little show has created. So mm. to to the to the missionaries to my Black Tribble family, to the Podglomerate, to everyone who left good notes, sent good thoughts, sent their missives through Lynn. I appreciate you. I love you. I'm, I'm, and I'm happy to be back. We're happy to have you, Vince. Um, I have one question in regards to that basket that I sent over. Who got the raspberry lemonade popcorn? That's what I wanted. Oh no, they didn't have that. I was about it. to say it wasn't raspberry. Popcorn. That's right. right. It was some type of caramelly popcorn. Yeah. And 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 frankly, Wendy and I split it. Oh, okay. Wendy and I oh. split it. Now I'll have to tell you, you might be Adam Williams' favorite person because he wrecked <laughs> the strawberries. <laughs> really? <laughs> Like we had to tell that brother to slow down. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm glad he. But, but, I'm glad but, he enjoyed it. Right, he had to had to fight his sister for him a little bit, but but no, it was it was <laughs> it was very much appreciated. Very uh, much. You're appreciated. very welcome, brother. Yeah. Well, very welcome, and um and thank you each and every one of you who are out there watching us and as we stream live on via Streamyard on Facebook and YouTube out there checking us out. Thank you. I see each and every one of you. Sharon Eldridge, Blue Gr- Blue Girl 718, Deborah Battle, Robert Monroe Jr., Troy Thompson, Aaron Fry, jo- uh, Juan Blaylock. I see each and every one of you. Thank you. Hey, what's going uh, on, folks? What's going on? For coming back and, and, and sitting in with us here on the Michelle Mission. Now, somebody hit us up and, and this is just a give you a, a, a preview uh, somebody hit us up about you know all the things that have been happening in the in in the movie world and black entertainment over the past couple of 
weeks since we've been out. And one of the biggest things to happen was the premiere of Coming to America. Yes. On Amazon Prime this past weekend. Did you watch? Did you have an opportunity to catch the film? Of course. I mean, of course. Yeah. yeah. I I think you kind of had to. You're right. It was one of those things you kind of. Right, right. And, And certainly if you're of a certain age. Mm-hmm. Like, like you kind of mm-hmm. had to. So, yeah, I did. I did. What'd you think? Well, I, I know that we, the Michelle Mission, we are actually scheduled to do our formal review. God willing, the crick don't rise. Yeah, yeah, God America. willing, the crick don't rise. We got a nice little. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I got something special uh, planned for y'all in June. Yes. Um, to do, to review that film. The one thing I will say, so I don't, I want to hold off on. Right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, on some thoughts. But the one thing I will say, there was two things. One, I didn't know that this was coming to America, colon, the Irishman, because I didn't know. <laughs> Nobody warned me for these younger versions of Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall that were going to be running around <laughs> in this movie. Right. That was a little, that was a little like, ooh, oh, okay. Wait a minute. I don't remember that from the original. Ah, I see. I see what they're doing here. Right, um, right, right. So there was that. And then, speaking of Arsenio Hall, I was actually surprised about how, and this is not a spoiler, how little of him is in the film, mm. you know, because the the first film was very much like if Eddie wasn't with Arsenio, he was with, he, if he was solo, he would, or he was with Arsenio through like most of the original film. Right. And in this one, Arsenio leaves the film for a large block of time, for like a real large block of time. Um, now, admittedly, they are introducing a whole nother character, a whole nother family and Eddie Murphy's, uh, you know, his bastard son, um, which I will say is a moment I, I cracked up entirely in the movie. Every time he kept introducing his bastard son right. with pride, right. saying bastard. Um but I, I was just surprised about how little Arsenio Hall was in the film. Right. That was, that was interesting to me. Right. What were your thoughts on it? Like, just general. Just gen- just general thoughts. So so I think my general thoughts are... I think... Oh, that's telling. No, no, <laughs> because like you, I don't want to go too deep into... Like, I got thoughts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this is a film that every single solitary thing that people have said about it, I think everyone is on solid footing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there are people who love this film. I think there are people who hated this film just because, like, there are people who are just contrarians. Mm -hmm. I think there are people that have made some really good critiques of this film. And I think it is a film that really is what you bring to it is what you get out of it. Hmm. Like I brought a lot of good and genuine feeling to it. So I took a lot of good and genuine feeling out of it. Okay. But I know a lot of that was just 
reflecting off of again what I brought to it. Gotcha. I I understand. And then the other thing I will say, at the risk of getting into actual critique, it made me curious to see the pilot for Beverly Hills Cop, the television show that Eddie Murphy made a few years ago with um, what's that little brother's name that I thought was going to be a, a bigger star than he ended up being? The little brother in Soul ba- in Roll Bounce. And in Tropic Thunder. Is that like Brandon Jackson? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he's right. Like, remember yeah, they, yeah. they they shot a pilot and it looked like that's it was right. going a series. And that's he was right. going to that's play right. Axel Foley's son. And then mm-hmm. Axel Foley was going to be a supporting character. But the word was Eddie Murphy was so good in it, they said, Well, we need to make a movie out of it. Oh, and thus you got and and then Beverly it, it four. What, right but but we still haven't seen it and i am because i do think eddie murphy just did not seem like he was having as much fun as other people in the film mm. well you know what that all right but, right and i'll i'll leave it there i'll leave it there yeah, yeah. Uh, Joanne Blaylock says she loved it. Leslie Jones was in her bag. I love seeing all those beautiful black people having fun. Um, and I know that that seems to have been, um, at least for people that I talked to, that was a, a overriding critique of the film. That, that, that people looked like they had fun right. and right. people that had fun watching it. Oh, so. oh, oh. And the complete star of the film. The breakaway star of the film, the standout from the moment the film started to when it ended, Ruth Carter did her thing. <laughs> Academy Award winning costume designer Ruth Carter mm-hmm. did her thing. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, we will talk about this much, much yeah. more in a few months. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Look, look for that review coming in June, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's coming in June, one way or another. But we're trying to make it very special for you. So, right. um, so keep your fingers crossed for that. Um, I, I I actually think it should come one way. It should come one way. Like if we can't do it the way that we plan on doing it, we just wait until we can do it. Oh, we just wait till we can do it. Right. I yeah. Think. You know what? Yeah. You know what? You just said it. There <laughs> right. you go. So right. it, it's either going to be done the way we plan it, or right? Which, it won't get done. It won't get done until we can do it. Which what, what happened in two weeks that I'm on side? I'm on this side of that programming thing, and you're on the other side. <laughs> I know. You, I know. Right. Usually, you're the one trying to sell me. I know. I just don't know. Uh, well, you know, it, uh, you know, I'm being respectful. Right. Um, uh, there was another big story that um, hit the internet, and this wasn't necessarily from the world of movies. It was from the world of TV, mm-hmm. specifically HBO's Lovecraft. I don't know if you were able to yeah. check this story, uh, the story of the, the Lovecraft extra Kelly uh, – Amira, mm-hmm. who had her skin darkened for a, a role on a Lovecraft country, right. HBO's Lovecraft country. And let's say, let's put it out there, this role was basically to be 
in a photo. She, she's not right, walking right, around. Right. She was an extra. She's, a, she's an extra. And she's, she's a, more like she's an extra, but she's an extra to create a prop, to right. create a, a, a photo reference, a photo that appeared in HBO's Lovecraft Country, um, where the the uh, producers decided that she had the bone structure to appear as a young Miss Osberta, um, or Birdie, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who was played by the late Carol Sutton in the in the movie. Uh, Kelly Amira had the bone structure to appear as her in a photo that that showed her at a younger age. But she did not have the skin tone. Kel, uh, Miss Amira is decidedly a lighter skinned woman. So they darkened her skin uh, in the makeup t- trailer. And according to Kelly's uh, Miss Amira's story that she put out on TikTok, they did this right in the midst of two of the leads, leading stars of the series. So they were there. Um, kind of like getting their makeup done right, while she right. was getting her makeup done, um, and you know she was an extra. She she didn't feel like she had you know the status enough to maybe to maybe voice the uh, thoughts or concerns, and she certainly didn't know that this was going to happen to her when she booked the booked the role. Um, and also let's let's face it, she probably also was like, well, you know, they're paying me, so I'm gonna. Right. You know, it, it, it's just what they're going to do. It's what they're going to do. Um, and sometimes when people putting makeup on, sometimes you don't know until you look in the in the mirror. It's like, oh my god, what did you do? Right. Um. So it became a big thing. And the producers of Lovecraft Country, there were producers that came out and said that they um, were not uh, aware. Uh, spokesperson for HBO said we were very disappointed to learn of Miss Samira's experience. This should not have happened, and we are taking steps to ensure that this doesn't occur again. Um, were you had you had the opportunity to check out this story, Vince? Yeah, what I did. On I mean, it, I don't know. I, I, I have a lot of good. Speaking of bringing good feelings to things, I I have. My instinct is to give Lovecraft come country the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. and that just seems like something that just sort of slipped through the cracks right and even if if some of the principals were in the trailer getting their makeup done much like you just said when people are getting their makeup done you don't necessarily know what the end result is going to be Mm -hmm. and it's not like this isn't a show that had extensive prosthetics and special effects and you know, you're you're worried about your stuff. Right. So right. right. Yeah, I mean, I see the don't get me wrong, I do see the hullabaloo over it. Right. Um, I think I I'm just like you. Uh there are shows that one, if you like them, and two, if you do see a level of sensitivity right. being thrown around in other areas of the production, not just before the camera, but also behind the camera, then if there is a one moment that is maybe a little icky, you maybe do give them a bit of a pass. Um, it doesn't mean that it's not it's not cool. So I'm I'm certainly co- fine with it coming to um, coming to light. Um, but I'm not going to all of a sudden like you know down with Lovecraft Country or uh, anything of of that nature. And I'm certainly not going to 
ram against them and, and neither am i going to ram against the the young lady who right. um d- did the role you know um it's uh, an unfortunate thing that happened as a learning experience and as long as it is treated as such for all concerned right, right um because now this young lady realizes that no matter her status she still does have the power and say over her uh, appearance and how it is used um and for them there's a, a little bit of a quick sensitivity training so i'm you know it, i'm i'm cool with it. it let's let's move on there are bigger battles to yes fight yes in the name of uh fighting against racism and stuff like that support black podcast meet shannon cameron lauren and mel four black women who are bonded by nerd culture as they discuss all things comics games movies and tv join them bi-weekly on the nerds of prey podcast that's Nerds of Prey, P-R-E-Y, podcast. A different kind of nerd culture podcast because they love you back. Available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and every place that you find the best in podcasts, including nerdsofpreypodcast.com. Check them out. And remember, support Black Podcasts. Um, before we get to our review of this of this movie, I wanted to take an opportunity to um, to say to ask you, Vince. There was in watching this film, right? Mm-hmm. I really found myself. Well, I, I'll go more in depth about my feelings about the film in in general. <laughs> well, well, hopefully. Right? <laughs> that's that's kind of why we're here <laughs> that, is, that is yeah that is kind of like you know like like the tagline of the, right, of the show right. um but in watching this movie one of the things that struck me right mm-hmm. watching it again is that uh this was a this was a movie where It was how do I put this? How do I put this? This was a movie that that was just almost felt like. Never mind. I don't want to say. Let's just get into our review because I because I, <laughs> I didn't know why you were doing it. Like I didn't understand why. I was like, how are we going to talk know, about but, the movie? Like I'm not talking about the movie. Of the movie. I know. I know. Anyone... I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Vince. I'm sorry to do that to you. <laughs> sorry to do that to you. Sorry to do that to you, missionaries. Fortunately, this will be cut out of the, of, no, it's of not. the podcast. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> For like four years, you say that all the time. I'm going to cut it out. And then you never cut it out. <laughs> I'm going to cut it out. I'm going to cut it out. I'm going to cut it out. I am. I am. So is this I'm something fun. you're going to ask me later? Or is this something... No, I'm going to ask you later. I'm you going to ask you yes. later. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to ask you later. I am. 
I am. You know why? You know, you know what? You know what? There are things that I do cut out of the show. They are, and you know, you, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why. One of the early lessons I learned from the Michelle Mission, right? Oh, One of the Lord. early lessons uh, um, is like when I before Toya, our, our 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 fantastic social media coordinator Toya, took over that that uh, job, took it out of my hands. Thankfully. Um, before she, she did it, I was a person that was handling all of her social media. It's true. So I would, I would post stuff out there, and then just trying to get people to like see stuff, right? I would like, uh, like tag different people, you know, that I knew like like the show or whatever, right? And I can't remember one time I posted something about one of our shows. I don't remember what what episode it was, and I. I innocently tagged the actress Simone Missick, right? Yes. And Simone, and I tagged her because, you know, she follows the show. She watches, listens to the show, you know. Um, so I tagged her just to kind of like put it on our radar. I don't know why. I think maybe it was like a, a lot of black women in the movie. I don't even remember. But she like, she didn't clap back, but she definitely tweeted back like, why am I tagged on this? And I was like, I was like, ooh, you know what? You probably don't need to be tagged on that, right? So, so I untagged her, right? So now, every time we do the show and I hear something like that's just very superfluous, it just makes no sense and has no business of being there, I hear Simone Mystic in my head just saying like, why is this in the show? And so I said, let me just take this out. So this will be, like, all of this will be edited. She's like an editor in your head. (laughs) Nice. That's nice. That's nice. I've been going for two weeks. I I was about to say, we're a little rusty. We're a little rusty. Aisha Davis says, what is happening? I don't know. And Jolene said, don't cut it. Uh, okay. Uh, I ask myself that lots. I just I just go with it. <laughs> just long for the ride, y'all. Oh, God. Try and keep All a right. poker face. You know. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into our review of Pariah. Pariah. All right. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. to the sunrise for even breaking is opening and I am broken I'm open see the love shine in through my cracks see the light shine out through me my spirit takes journey my spirit takes flight and I'm not running I am choosing
I know for homecoming that I'd want to go with Craig. And who are you going to go with, Lee? I'm not going. What do you mean you're not going? If she doesn't want to go, she doesn't have to go. For some reason, Lee just doesn't like anything I pick out for her anymore. You look beautiful, baby. This isn't me. There's this new uh, women's club up there by the liquor store. You haven't heard anything about it, right? I, I never even heard of it. What if, say, somebody liked you? What if the person is kind of like a friend, but you know they like you more than that? I told you, I talked to Alike, everything's fine. Did you ask her? No, because I don't have to. You don't want to face the facts. No, Emma, that's not true. Look, you just daughter is turning into a damn man right no, in front of your no, eyes and you I am broken. I am broken open. Breaking is freeing. Broken is freedom. I am not broken. I'm free. Raya, a 2011 film directed and written by D-Rez, is about the teenage Alike, who lives in Brooklyn's Fort Greene neighborhood with her parents and younger sister. A lesbian, Alike quietly embraces her identities and is looking for her first lover, but she wonders how much she can truly confide in her family, especially with her parents' marriage already strained. When Alike's mother presses her to befriend a colleague's daughter, Alike finds the gal <laughs> to be a pleasant companion. 2011's Pariah, starring Adapiro Oduye, Pernell Walker, Aisha Davis, Charles Pernell, Shara Malise, and an electric turn by Kim Wayans was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, how would you like to begin our conversation about Pariah? Okay, so I want to begin uh, with par talking about Pariah by talking about the beginning and the start of the Michaud mission. Mm -hmm. um, as has been documented in some interviews that we've done before, one of the first impetus of me wanting to start this mission was a realization that I was not giving black cinema the just do that it deserved. I was judging things um, just by its cover and not taking the opportunity to sit down and watch these, watch these films um, that primarily started when I saw, I think it was 2009 or something like that, saw the trailer for the movie lottery ticket. And I was like, well, damn, it gave away the entire movie. Like, Oh my God, this is wasted waste of time and then i realized you know what i shouldn't do that i should at least give the movie a chance and i watched it and yes it did give away the story but it was kind of fun right so cut to 2011 and i'm hanging out with uh a bunch of friends and they tell me that they are going to go see this movie pariah which i at the time had not know did not know anything about whatsoever but being a big movie head i was like sure i'll go to the movies with y'all um, and we went to see this movie, um, which when I got there, you know, and it, it's definitely an ind independent film. So it was playing at the Rittenhouse theater here in Philadelphia, which is like the indie, indie showcase here in Philly. So it had like the little 
flyers out front that was telling you about, you know, like Pariah, check out this great movie by B Res, you know, fantastic, you know, buzz from the all these festivals and, and what have you. So and talking about it was a coming of age story, a coming of age story about this lesbian um young teenager. I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. Sat down and watched that film. And I think I sat and watched that film and I found myself for the first time in a long time being like moved from the very beginning of the motion picture. It hit me with its authenticity right from the opening scene. Um, It hit me with its realness especially in the friendship between um alike or lee and her best friend laura um alike played by another electric performance <clears throat> by um adapero oduye and her friend laura played by pernell walker um and their friendship just just leaps off the screen is so real as does every other performance uh and moment in this movie that it it hit me with a thunderstruck a thunderstrike about how funny I thought it was, how real I thought it was, how moving, how sad, how angry it made me, and I said, "Oh my God, I just want to tell people about this little short film, and I told as many people as I knew at the time about pariah, and when we started on the Michaud mission. Vince will back me up on this. One of the films I always wanted to, for us to review was Pariah because I wanted to, again, continue that mission of telling people about the film. But I didn't want to review the film early on because honestly, I knew we weren't going to have a lot of listeners. And I wanted this, be able to talk about this film to as many people as possible to you know hopefully we gain more more um listeners but we we've got a very nice solid good chunk of listeners that listen to our show and now was the time to pull pariah off the shelf because i am telling you ladies and gentlemen upon watching this film again uh last night i felt all of those same feelings all over again and i walked away with saying that not only did I love this film, this may have been one of the most perfect movies I have ever seen. Full stop. Mm. This, it, there is not a performance in this movie that feels, um, that feels fake. There is not a moment in this, in this film that does not feel earned. There is not a word in this film that feels um, scripted and there is not a a, um, a, a, a a direction of this film that feels uh, amateurish, unprofessional um, or feels staged or feels like you know, the the director trying to uh, show off or showy or any way. Um, This so much feels just 
like an authentic, truly slice of life coming of age movie. It is it is amazing. The story ta- tells this uh, this story of this young girl, Lee, coming to the realization of her sexuality, and she's known it all along, but now she's she's at that that tipping point of you know okay i know who i am how do how do i show who i am how do how do i announce to the world who i am i'm living in shadows i'm changing my clothes on my way to school when i get to school um you know dressing dressing like a girl at home going to school and then putting on you know um, man clothes and man and baggy baggy gear stuff like that. Um, my my best friend is openly gay, openly out there, and unfortunately lives a life that is scarred by being that in the detachment from her from her mother. Um, but is even with that is living her is living her fullest life because she is out. She is out. She's proud. There's no, there's no hiding it. Um, but she is also there to hold Lee's hand as she takes those baby steps. She's there. Um, and that's how best friends, best friends are. Even though that, even though in there, there is still a sexual tension that is, that is there, but it's never spoken of, but it is shown and it is real and it is dealt with in a real way because one person has to subsume their feelings and realize that, you know, hey, at the end of the day, all I want is the happiness for my for my friend. Mm-hmm. And that's what is most important. And that's just a truly beautiful moment when that happens in this film, because it's not it's not uh, melodramatic in any way. Some some would say it's not even dramatic because it is real. It is just just there on just uh, in what is said and what is not said. Um, there is there is the the um, the real real um, pain and heartache of a young woman who can't be real in the outside world, but she also can't be real at home. Mm-hmm. And when she tries to be real at home, <clears throat> how that is, how she is rejected by her parents mm-hmm. um, and how her mother played, like you said, by Kim Wayans, who is, unrecognizable if you mm-hmm. only know kim and i honestly only knew kim wayans from anything that she's done with her brothers the wayans brothers in living color and Bifurian in a few of their movies this is a, 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 an amazing turn for for kim wayans because she more or less uh is the quote-unquote villain of the movie um she is but she is a, a woman that has to reconcile with her feelings as well um, because of her family that is fake. Her husband 
it's not is it's not home. Her husband is out doing whatever he wants to do. Uh, he's a cop. He's out doing his job and maybe maybe not doing dirt in the streets we don't know it's alluded mm-hmm. to you don't know you mm-hmm. just know that he's a man who's not home and the man who is turning a completely blind eye to what is happening in his house um despite all the signs being there he is just you know hey if i don't if i don't say it then it's not there right so and and that's how he is living his life um and and the disservice and the disrespect that that does to alike his daughter his daddy's little girl as he says in one of the more painful moments in this in this film is um palpable on the screen and it's palpable in um uh uh, Adapero Oduye's performance. Um, I fi- <sighs> shit. There's, there's the more, it, but as much as this movie is about this young woman coming out and realizing her sexuality as a lesbian and everything like that, that's surface level. This is really just. This is the definition, the quintessential and the best ever coming of age story. And even that sounds like you're not even doing it the, the justice that it deserves. But it truly is because despite the sexual sexuality things that are going on, this is a story that everybody this is the story that everybody has walked. Mm-hmm. Everybody has walked this walk of in some aspect of your life, you're trying to find a way to uh display it put it on display come to grips Mm -hmm. with it uh everyone everyone has had that moment when you finally give in to sexual exploration and to have it turned back on you in your face in one of the in in one of the most harshest but realest ways possible that happens in this movie when she you know um, the first time she does give in to having, you know, relations with a young girl who started it, mm-hmm. but then just like blows her off the very ne- the very next morning, and in such a callous way, um, th- that is again one hundred percent authentic because it happens every freaking day, um. I, like the thing I started to say earlier was that, like I said, this may have may be easily one of the five best movies I have ever, ever seen. Mm-hmm. It is it is just amazing, an amazing direction, and just like a lot of indies. A lot of indie films, well, I've mentioned it here before, a lot of indie films that are filmed in a lot of close-ups. Um, and they do that as a, a, sometimes as an economic thing because you maybe can't afford to be like whole wide shots and everything like that. Um, but this film, so this film does, is a lot of wide shots, a lot of medium shots, but they're 
they're there to just make the story that much more personal. Mm-hmm. They're there to make the, the story, uh, to, to put you that much more into the moment. Um, and the close-ups of Lee are there so that you can see what is happening on her face. Her face is just so expressive. It just tells such a story. Um, and there are moments when this, this film rightfully, you know, it has some very smart sound cues and music cues throughout it. But there are a lot of moments when this movie just drops all sound out and you just lock in on people's faces, especially Lee's face. Mm-hmm. You let her face tell the story. And the story that it tells is one of the most beautiful, heart heartbreaking stories of unawakening because at the end of this film as she says in a poem you know you know uh broken is free and i am broken and now i am free and that is where she is at the end of this beautiful beautiful master work done yeah oh yeah yeah as 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 you mentioned you brought this film to me this is one of the very first films we talked about, and I'm actually glad that we've watched it a little further into the journey of the mission, because now you have something to compare it to. And I I, I, I agree with everything you said. I, I just really admire the confidence of D-Rez, mm-hmm. her direction and the script. Her, yes. her, her, her direction is assured. Uh, Bradford Young, who's the cinematographer, is is magnificent, and mm-hmm. and he went on. To, he's gone on to have a really good career. He was the first African American to be nominated for cinematography for the Academy Awards for Arrival, a, another mm-hmm. great you know another great science fiction film. Well, a, a great science fiction film, by the way. I love this script. I love when you talked about how it's universal. What I had in my notes, I said it is the radicalism of the mundane. Where Mm -hmm. this is very much a coming of age story. That is universal. Like there's this beautiful first scene where Alike and Lara are on the bus and they're just sort of boasting about how well they did at a party that they've come from and who got this kind of number and how many numbers did you get? But these are two young black lesbians. Yeah. And because they are engaged in the same behavior that lots of people engage in, it really sort of underlines their humanity. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I love how the film threads the needle of respecting the challenges that a lot of black lesbians go through. Like they're like Laura has, you know, the implication is that Laura has been thrown out of the house because she's a let, you know, she lives with her sister. There's this wonderful detail where, where they outline young women who, who have to sell their bodies, young women who, who are homeless. Yeah. Yeah. All of the all of the 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 the, the challenges that Alike faces with her mother, but at the same time, it never turns into like 
gay trauma porn. Right. So, you know, I love that. Across the board, the performances are fantastic. We we talked about Kim Wayans. Uh, Adapiro Aduye is magnificent in this role. She's absolutely magnificent in the lead role. I have to say the second time that I watched it, I really, really appreciated the nuance of Pernell Walker. Yes. As Lar. Yes. As her best yeah. friend who is in love with her. Let's just call it what it is. She's in love with the Lique, but they are also friends. Mm-hmm. And she has her own narrative just figuring out her own way that I think is handled very well. And I have to say, part of the reason I didn't hone in on Pernell Walker the first time I watched it is because of Aisha Davis, who plays Bina. And I'm I'm a big Aisha Davis fan. She was on Friday Night Lights Hmm. years ago. We were talking about Friday Night Lights a few uh, weeks ago. And Friday Night Lights had some great young black actors on it. And she played um, a character, Smash Williams, played by Gaius Charles, another great actor. Okay. And she was amazing on Friday Night Lights. So since then, I always look for her. And as everyone is discovering this week, hey, Lynn, everyone is discovering Tiana Parrish the past couple of weeks. How you like that? Right. How you like that? (laughs) Much like Tiana Parrish, I I give Aisha Davis my Giancarlo Esposito badge. Like Mm, she's one role away from being an overnight sensation. Because she's so good. Um, she is. Charles Purnell as as uh, Alike's father. Yeah. Is really good. As, as this, like you said, this really complicated father figure. But mm-hmm. all of it, again, is grounded in this wonderful script that is so... I keep going back to confident. Because this is a short film. This this is a film that's less than an hour and a half. But these characters are so well constructed and so yeah. well rounded and so well established that it feels like a longer film in a good way. Right? Like this right? feels like a film that you know these characters better than you do from an hour and a half. And it really is a testament to the economy of this script, the script, which yep. again is a reflection of how confident D. Rez's writing is and her direction. And think of, and think about how because this film was originally uh, the idea for the story was originally a, a short. It was like right. a thesis right. that she did graduating from film school, so she had to expand that story to ninety minutes. And and think of how many times. We've watched short films that get expanded and they feel padded. Right. And, and there's no padding on this. And there's, there's no fat in here at all. Yeah. In this film. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of, of putting it in perspective of films that we watched, just on the level of representation, mm-hmm. this story of young black lesbians and, and, and their journey... This really is a film that in many ways is a wave after something like Watermelon Woman. Yes. Yes. Where 
again, there is power in representation. Mm -hmm. There is power in representation. And, and, you know, I'm going to go back to what I said. Like, it is so radical how ordinary the story is. Like you said, it's a coming of age story. And in a lot of ways, people had conflicts with their parents growing up. People wanted to go different paths than their parents did. I love the way that Aisha Davis's character, Bina, is like she subverts almost the magic pixie girl where, mm. you know, she kind of swoops in and she's wonderful and and she she shows Alike how, you know, a different way to express her sexuality. And then when she gets what she wants, it's like, no, I'm not a magic pixie girl. I'm I'm like a dude. Yeah. Well, you know, she yeah. makes all these promises and then once she has sex with you, I mean, they've been singing about this in pop music forever. Will you still love me tomorrow? Right. And the answer right. is no. Get right. your stuff and get out of my room. Yeah. yeah. And and it's such a cold-blooded scene. Like both of them are so good. And mm-hmm. like your heart breaks for Alike. But like yeah. you said, you have like you like like this is a this is a very typical young heartbreak story. Yeah, and and think about how we're just talking about is. girl, you know, lesbians. But think about how brave it is because after that scene where she breaks Alike Alike's heart, you follow Alike pretty much the rest of the film, right? And, right. and the film is it's kind of like ramping up towards the end at that point. You only see Bina again in kind of like you know like like a cut to what's happening to with Bina and she's in her room with a guy and being yeah. all flirt, flirtatious and cute so think of how brave it is for this film to not brave but how real it is for this film to show that you know this is how much Bina is dismissive of what she's doing um she it's like it's on to the next one and that's real because that is 16 17 year old but oftentimes we don't see because even that though like i actually really like bina's character that Mm -hmm. she's this young girl who's queer and she's not going to be defined by you know well i like boys and i like girls but she's not like this noble figure right like she's still not cool well, no, she's she's not cool at all. I don't know if I would necessarily call her queer. She's I, she seems like she's, you know, I, I guess you would call her queer. I I think she more just experimenting, doing doing her, you know, um, or or you can't define her. Well, that's true. Yeah, you know, Here, there you go, there you go. That's and true. I love that. And that character usually is super noble. Like, like, like we all have to, oh, you're so brave or they end up dead in an alley. Well, yeah. Like, I love the fact that Bina is just a jerk. Like, she's yeah. just a jerk. Well, that's what I like. That's, yeah. that's what I like. It's, it's, it's just plays out in real time. Joanne Blaylock. Thank you. She says queer is the correct word. Thank you very much. So we'll go. Mm-hmm. With, we'll go with queer. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you there. Um, We did mention Kim Wayans and because I think we both just like everyone 
who was uh, in the chat, Deborah Battle, said that Kim Wayans, while not uh, my favorite character, was one of the breakout stars of this film. Um, she is she's so good because again her reaction you're just waiting for her to come around you're waiting for her to give us something to root root for for her especially considering especially considering the her relationship with her husband right how damaged that appears to be and you kind of want to side with her a little bit on that because he does certainly seem like he's being like a bit of a jerk to her but she's just locked on to this this um puritan christian value mindset that she can't let she she won't won't let go even in the sight of losing attachment look, to her daughter look unfortunately and, and again I, I i admire the fact that the film doesn't get weighed down with this aspect but unfortunately i think that is that is the truth for a lot of gay lesbian queer youth Mm-hmm. And 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 unfortunately, a lot of black kids go through this. And and I, I again, I, I admired the bravery of this script that they followed through with it. Like I was actually really happy that there was no come around. I'd actually forgotten the hard line that the script took. Like I remembered they met back up at the end. Mm hmm. But that moment where Alike says, I love you, and and her mother won't say, I love you back. She just says, I'll pray for you. And leaves. And is 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 devastating. But unfortunately, I think this this is real. Like I yeah. think this is real. And Kim Wayans is like, who knew this was in Kim Wayans? No. And why doesn't exactly. Kim Wayans act more? I was I thought about the same thing because now while this film by, by you know it was it was an independent film and by no stretch of the imagination was it a super big hit or anything like that but you would have thought coming out of this she might show up in more things um and and especially like more dramatic things now she yeah. did do a a stint on um, the show Criminal Mind. I think she just was in an episode there, and it has been on the, and a couple of episodes of a couple of other shows. But I mean, this should have been like a coming out party for her. Oh as yeah, a dramatic actress. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Again, she was so good. Yeah, man. Like right from the door, right from the door, you you feel you you. It, the character just comes alive and 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 in saying so very little you know yeah. like you said it it it's all in just the one thing that Drez you you we champion her direction we champion her her script you also have to to champion her working with actors because being able to pull the with the script 
you know, being as tight as it is, being able to pull these performances yeah. from everybody, that speaks to how she works with actors. That speaks to the cast that she puts together and how they and how she like is able to get them to give her little things and make sure that the camera is there to catch it. Um it's just beautiful. Joanne uh Blaylock once again said Vince is, is dead on this. That's how it is for many LGBTQ kids, especially the black ones. So you are Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, right on. And right on and you, you know I think another reason I really really love this movie again as far into the 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 mission as we are is because i love the fact that d rez kind of like nia da costa and barry jenkins has moved on Mm -hmm. into a like a vibe like so many times we've watched these films like these wonderful indie films and then we say why doesn't that director work more right Right. And and D Rez has had is is in the midst of quite a career. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And We're going to visit one of our films again this month. I was about to say, and it is well deserved. It is well deserved. I always, you know, I have to say, this is the film that made me think. Oh yeah, the Michelle Mission might be a good idea. Like this might actually be something, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, so, great piece of work. It it really is. It 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 really is. Um. It's funny how you said that this was kind of like the 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 child of the watermelon woman, and I felt that, and I also felt that this is kind of like to a degree the stepmother of movies like Jin, which we just watched a couple months ago. Yeah, which is not about lesbianism, but it is about giving you a slice of life window into a world not usually seen. You've got to remember back in two thousand eleven. You know, not only was lesbianism not really truly explored in films, but when it when it was, it was usually either salacious, demonized, right. or salacious, right, or glamorized in some type of way, right. Um, or it was it was certainly never seen on the more um, on the, the more quote unquote butch side as this one is it's never right. seen from that from that angle as uh as this this movie uh takes um it, and it is never just and it is just never so expertly and beautifully um toned in such a matter of fact uh colors in such a way well um, it's, it's, it's groundbreaking yeah well you know you're talking about gin I'll, I'll even reach back and and fold something like just another girl on the irt which yeah, we talked yeah. about like i think i think there is which a, predates watermelon which one. which uh predates watermelon one but and, and we talked about it way back then there is mm-hmm. a dearth of depictions of young black people frankly yeah right and then when we talk about young black girls women or girls yeah you know it's even a smaller pool to pull from Mm -hmm. so that this is a great example of of of, and and i'm gonna call them girls i mean these are 16 17 year old girls and 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 i love again how human they are like i love that you know they joke and 
and and they you know they're jerks sometimes and and they're insecure and they're braggadocious and 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 they're beautiful like i always say like uh, you i love kids and i hate kids like i love like there's something about these young people and you know Mm -hmm. alike has this wonderful smile that just lights up the whole right so I just love these I love these depictions of these young black girls getting to be girls. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's it's a great movie. And and and, and again, I, I I all look, thank you for introducing me to this movie. Like well, like thank you. You know. So and and I, I'm telling you, I'm gonna I'm I'm sorry I'm jumping jumping the gun here, but yes. I recommend that each and every one of you who listens to the Michaud Mission, please watch Pariah. Go out and see Pariah. Um, it, it, it's, it, it is streaming. You may have to pay a couple uh, shekels for it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, it will be money well spent. You will not, you will not be disappointed uh, by watching this movie and then tell a friend about, about this film. It is that good of a film is it this was I, I i swear this is it, it, i can't believe that this film is is i'm almost it's 10 years old i can't believe it is 10 years old since i 10 years ago since i saw this film because it has resonated with me ever since that's how much how moved i am about this film it's a fantastic piece of film and it is i easily it is up there in Top five of my favorite films of all time, and I'll put this up against any film ever. Anybody wants to put it up against. This is beautiful. All right. I agree. I agree. I strongly recommend this film. Everything Lynn said. Go see Pariah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week, ladies and gentlemen, I invite you all to check out the the Michelle Mission. Thank you, each and every one of you. Come out and join us. If you like us, follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Subscribe on YouTube. You can find us at Michelle Mission mm-hmm. or you, and on Facebook group, the Michelle Mission, where we have a lot of fun with our missionaries talking about movies and TVs and all uh comings and goings we we have a good time in there and the po- and the missionaries have a good time talking to one another it's a nice little family so we're very welcoming so come and follow the Michelle mission wherever you uh social media ladies and gentlemen the if you have any thoughts and concerns you can email the Michelle mission at mission at gmail.com that's m i c h e a u x m i w s i o n and you can go to Michelle mission dot com our lovely website you can hit swag and you can check out all of the cool designs that we have for your buying pleasure from our good friends at t public uh all the sales of all of those paraphernalia go a long way for us keeping this show free for each and every one of you and you also can go to our website and subscribe to the Me Show Mission Dispatch, our weekly newsletter, so you can find out all what's happening and coming up in the months ahead here on the Michelle Mission. The Michelle Mission is a pa- proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com, curated podcast for your sensitive earbuds, and the Michelle Mission for one more month. 
will be featured as a radio <laughs> program on WPPM, LP, Philly Cam, 106.5 FM, People Power Media, every Saturday at 1 p.m. And on WKDU, 91.7 FM, The Voice of Drexel University, every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Yes, yeah, so the show mission will be featured as a radio show um, through the end of March. And then after that, we are just be here in Podcastville because Vince wants to curse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who works the bluest. <laughs> oh, Let's see who. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh! You don't want me start start putting in a, the, the 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 before the mics turn on real. <laughs> hey, Len, are we recording? Are we recording? <laughs> Let me tell you what this Phil Florham remember front floor. <laughs> I will not have you besmirch my good name. <laughs> And hey, uh, Michelle, Michelle <laughs> missionaries, uh, if you could do uh, me, Len, the, the bat triple a favor in August, August 16th through the 18th, my other podcast, the Black Tribbles, we are going to be vying for the Guinness World Record longest live podcast. April, April, April. You said August, April. Oh, I'm sorry. April, April 16th through the 18th. 2021 the black tribbles are going to be doing a 60 hour podcast that's right 60 hours straight vincent williams is going to come and sit in with us as a matter of fact i think vincent is going to be bringing the um delectables that we will be partaking of in our chocolate cake eating challenge yes during the 60 hours we're going to have a pancake eating challenge we're going to have karaoke <laughs> we're going to have role play star trek role play um check this out vince we're actually even doing a radio comedy right okay. but it's uh we're riffing on i love lucy and we've changed the characters and it's called i love aurora and it's the wacky adventures of Aurora and T'Challa. <laughs> oh, you tribbles. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun, ladies and gentlemen. And it, if you missionaries would want to help us make this happen, please support the world's longest live podcast on Kickstarter. Look, at, look it up on Kickstarter. Well, we're trying to raise some dough so that we can... Um, for medical supplies, for caffeine, for alcohol, and plenty of uh, bacon. Did did you say medical supplies? <laughs> yeah, we've got we got a lot of crazy stuff. Planned. I say y'all gonna be in there fighting. <laughs> we've got a lot of crazy stuff planned, Vince. Oh, no. <laughs> we got a lot of. I, I tell you off air. We got a, oh. a lot of crazy stuff planned. <laughs> so so please, if you can look up the world's record longest live podcast on Kickstarter. You kick us a little little shekels, it will go a long way to helping us make this great event come true. It's going to come true one way or the other, but this will definitely help us uh, pull it off. All right. All right? Thank you very much. Next week on the Michelle Mission. Yes, yes. Vince's turn to select the film. What are we watching next week, Vince? We are watching a film from our year. 1989. Yeah. 1989, one of three films from that year. 
starring Morgan Freeman. How about that? We have spoken about the other two, of course, the infamous driving Miss Daisy episode. And then we also spoke about Glory. Now we are mm-hmm. going to talk about the third film. That would, of course, be Lean On Me, or as I like to call it, Pull Up Your Pants, the movie. <laughs> Lean On Me and Pull Up Your Pants. Pull up your pants and turn that rap music down. The movie. (laughs) If you got a decent haircut, maybe you could get a job. The movie. Oh, man. I haven't seen that movie in like ever, man. Oh, wow. (laughs) This this will be cool. Yeah. It'll be cool. So next week, ladies and gentlemen, lean on me here on the Michelle Mission. Until then, he's Vince. I'm Len, and in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.